When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Two of the sports complex here on the horn. We're going to get into some NFL talk here, getting into the new hire for the Seahawks. Jerry Jones makes a statement again just to try and keep his name in the media because that's what Jerry Jones does. Some good news for the Texans. And we may, if we got time, we'll get into some QBs. We'll get into some talk about some QBs. We may push that to tomorrow. We'll figure out it's a little bit more evergreen. So we'll figure out how much time we got when we get through all our discussions. And you guys on the text line, 512-447-3776. We were talking some Cowboys uh, playing that clip from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie. If you got some opinions about the Cowboys, send those in. Uh, we're talking some basketball, some NBA, and the Rockets and the trade deadline. If you got any opinions about that, you can talk send that in, 512-447-3776. Or big fat poll of the day, just trying to, trying to, get, trying to be peaceful. I'm trying to, and I get, I get worked up. That's why. That's why I, you know, I'm supposed to get worked up, right? Supposed to get worked up. Uh, the poll of the day: Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be the head coach of Texas for men's basketball next season? And if you get, I want a real answer. Real answers. Logistical. Pros- We've got Bruce Pearl was a realistic answer that makes sense, and I get it. And they still said Rodney Terry, but they said Bruce Pearl. I'm fine with that. Nate Oates was a realistic. Probably that you say, okay, maybe he want to leave Alabama. Maybe he thinks he can recruit better at Texas. Maybe, you know, once we get in, and, you know, maybe those people. Now they'd have to stay in the conference. Both those guys are SEC guys, so they know the SEC. So there's an edge there, but they also have to then play against their teams. They may want to move to a different conference. But they're logistic. I will give you, I'll give you the texters on those. Those are legit answers. I agree that Rodney should be the coach. I think Rodney Terry should still be the coach next season. But... I get this, and I want to get to this one text, and we'll get to the NFL in just a second. So we'll get we'll get to NFL talk in just one second, but it's really good. I like the first part of this text a lot. The second part we can get into, but uh, from Dave Ram, the first part, how many years do you give RT? Very good question on that. How many years do you give RT? And the reality is, if you say, if you want to say best case scenario, you're going to say first year, because you either say the first year was his and he took him to the Elite Eight, and you give him credit for that, or you say his first year was this season, and then you probably give him two more seasons. And I'll say two more for this reason, too. I think next season is going to be a big adjustment because basically you're losing all but 35 minutes of your team, most likely, and possibly more than that if Shedrick is not there either. Then, I mean, you could basically be returning playing time right now, Kendall Weaver, next season. That's a real possibility. So when you look at it that way, uh, and I know Zerika Nyema could be coming back too, I think, but he's, you know, he's not playing a ton of minutes either. So... If we're saying what actual playing time is basically Kendall Weaver, there is a lot of young guys. We'll see Chris Johnson more next year and Trey J- Like We'll see good young players that come in and the, and the freshmen, and we'll get our new transfers in and build. But I think it'll be a younger team next year. So I'd say how can you build that younger team, give them two years with those guys, 
because uh, even if Trey decides to play one year and be a one and done, and uh, there was a guy that came and made a visit the other day from Senegal, uh, if he comes in and he's a one and done, then you can still rebuild and bring in some transfers to fill those holes with bringing up some of the younger guys that are part of your core of your team. But to restart a new core, uh, I give them two more years after that. So I'd say the end of the season and two more after this one. And then you can look down the line and say, okay, we're not making the tournament. We've fallen further back than further forward. Uh, then, then yeah, you have to have those conversations and you have to get into it. But I think that's, but I like that part of the question. The second part is you are wild. It's okay to be critical of RT. Just admit he's not the right fit for Texas. CDC was forced to hire him because of the bad optics it would have shown if he didn't. You can call me a hater, but that's not the case. I saw it with Shaka early on and Texas keep, it kept him too long as well. Okay. He wasn't forced to hire him. He did hire him. And I mean, he was forced at the end of the day because he went to the elite eight a thing that Texas doesn't do very often. He took him there with a team that was underperforming with Chris Beard. And he took him to the Elite Eight. And so he did that. And so you give him all the credit. And he also has the recruits. And he recruits really well. And all the players were behind him. So, yes, you get him in there. I will not admit that he was just the wrong fit. I will say he is open for criticism. And I've criticized him plenty on this show. And I'll continue to criticize him, but I'm going to defend him when the, the when the criticism goes from criticism to insults, I will defend him. But a criticism is, hey, uh, I don't know if that lipstick goes with your face or goes with your complexion. I don't know if that lipstick. Well, an, an insult is, well, you're ugly. And, and that's what the two sides were on. If you want to say it, what I've said, that I think the strength and conditioning needs to keep getting figured out, and they need to figure out the minutes because their players seem to be getting more and more tired, and they've done better at that in the last few weeks, but their players were getting very tired and missing a lot of shots at the end of games. You have to figure out your rotation and that uh, to get those. We said he needed to change his rotation because it was not working with two bigs in there and Brock Cunningham. He fixed that one, but that was a criticism. We went and tr- we told him that. Uh, we've said that he needs to get his defense to pay- play better. We've said he needs to get his offense uh, to move without the ball more. These are all criticisms of things he needs to do. We criticized him for he should not. It was a bad look and not the right thing to do for the horns down. All of those things are criticisms, and all of them we said. But to say, nah, nah, I've watched him. I've, I've seen 12 games now. We're good. He's the worst. That's crazy. I like because this is the same thing with people who Sark year one said Sark is the worst coach. We shouldn't have him. He's a bad coach and we do a bad hire. Sark's a bad hire. What a bad hire Sark is. Just look at him. Just look at him. He's bad. And you didn't look at the positives with the negatives and say, oh, he's growing. He's getting better. And now he takes you to a, a, a college football playoff. And now he's a much better coach. Now some people still hate him. Some people think it was a bad hire and you should have got Nick Saban even though he wasn't coming. But at the end of the day, there's like there's a line between these. And to just say he was a bad hire because we're not the number 15 team in the country right now. We're number 10 team in the country right now after losing a lot of players after an Elite Eight run. It's, it's just, it doesn't make sense in my head that somebody else was going to come in and completely rebuild our roster with what, you know, Hunter Dickinson's in Kansas. They're not doing great with him. Like, there wasn't a great amount of transfer portal guys that you were going to be able to go get. There wasn't, you know, uh, freshmen that were going to be coming in that were going to be impact freshmen that were going to decommit to come to Texas. That wasn't going to happen. So you had to go with what you got, and they were able to pull a lot of stuff. Again, we can put in the fact that the G League is now an issue and Ron Holland went to the G League is something that threw off what this team was going to do. 
And if we're going to criticize, you know, Rodney Terry as well, then we got to talk about Chris Ogden. He's the general manager. Chris Ogden is the one who helped build this roster construction. And I like Chris Ogden too. I think he's doing a good job. I think that there was other circumstances that made this season a little bit harder from where you're going to be. I don't think the season's over for them by a long shot. They got a lot of work to do, but they can get there just like they did last season. That's just my take. But I like the question there, Dave Ram. How many years do you give them? And I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I like that question because that is a real question. And it's not we give him as long as we gave Shaka. I think Shaka just every once in a while kept it pushing. And every year that his contracts were coming up and those things, there wasn't that other coach that you could really go get without spending $20 million on a guess that this guy may work out. And I don't think they ever wanted to do that. Uh, let's talk some NFL, though. I like. I just wanted to get that one because I did think the first question was really good, Dave Ram, uh, of the how many years again. I like that. We'll come back. We'll get into more talk. Keep texting in, 512-447-3776. We'll get to those uh, in the next segment. I do want to hit some NFL, though, real quick, uh, just to hit through these uh, because the big story of the day was the Seahawks have hired Mike McDonald, the 36-year-old defensive coordinator for the Ravens. He is the new head coach of the Seahawks. He is continuing a youth movement. Uh, in hiring coaches where it seems more and more uh, teams are st- shying away a little bit more from necessarily hiring the the old guard and ex- more experienced coaches. They may be bringing in some younger guys. And I know Todd Bowles and, you know, is a 60-year-old, and, and Raheem Morris, I believe, is in his uh, mid-late 40s. But I can tell you that there's seven coaches uh, uh, under 40. So seven coaches under 40, seven coaches in their 30s. Now seven head coaches in the NFL are in their 30s. If you want to go 45 and under, that's 16 coaches that are 45 and over. And we're at 10 right now that are over 50. So the rest of your league, other than those 10 coaches, are under 50. That's a shift of you know what the reality of the NFL used to be, that coaches stuck around longer. Coaches, once they were tenured, got, you know, stuck around. We know Andy Reid right now is your oldest coach at 65 years old. Once Bill Belichick was out this year, you have your oldest coaches. So it's a new movement that a lot of people are trying to go with younger because they want fresher ideas. They want to have new ideas and, and you know, fresh ideas. They want to have a better connection to the players. They're trying to get away more from that old school style of coaching where it is much more boot camp and much more disciplinarian. They want to have a little bit more of a friendly feel. And I think that's not only for the players because it's easier to get players to come in and when they're talking to players at exit meetings and when they're talking to players when they're trying to sign free agents or make trades or any of that. I think it's part of that. And it's part for the staff and the ownership that the ownership walks in and they get told to go away. This is how we're doing it. This is They want to work with somebody that's trying to create a more positive atmosphere, which I get if you're a billionaire and this is your play thing and you want to win. But that is where more coaches are going, and you see the success with Andy Reid, and Andy Reid is part of that where he is an old-school coach, but he is also more in the positive. You saw Pete Carroll. I know he got, you know, he, he was told to move up and, and move to the administration this year, but he was part of the more positive. Uh, you know, they'll run you hard, but it's going to be with a smile on their face, not a frown. Uh, that's more where they're going. 
Uh, uh, Mike McDonald was the Ravens DC for the last couple of seasons. He was with Michigan uh, for a year before that with Jim Harbaugh in 2021. Uh, then went back to Ravens. Before that, he was with the Ravens from 2014 to 2020 as well uh, as a DB coach, a linebackers coach, a defensive assistant. Started as like an intern, I believe, uh, at Baltimore, trying to get a job in there and just move up. It has now moved up to be a head coach for Mike McDonald. It's not a bad hire. It is interesting. They're keeping it defensive. Uh, you know, we'll get into this more when we get to quarterbacks uh, probably tomorrow. Uh, that. They now have to make a decision uh, who they're going to hire offensively. Are they bringing? Are they going to keep their offensive coordinator? Are they moving a different direction offensively? Is that one of the reasons you bring in another defensive coach? Or does he have somebody else that he wants to bring in with a different mindset? Those will be the questions in Seattle because you have a Geno Smith question. Is that your guy? Are you going to try and move forward? Are you going to move on to your next quarterback? Are you going to draft somebody else? Are you going to use another quarterback that you got on the roster? What are you going to do at quarterback for Seattle? That is a question there. Uh, but a, a, a decent hire. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily the greatest coach that you could have gotten in this circle. Uh, but for the Seahawks, a good hire to get Michael McDonald, Mike McDonald, sorry, Mike McDonald, uh, to get him over there. It is. Uh, it's going to be confusing with uh, with the coach in Miami now as well. Uh, also, we get the good news in Houston that Bobby Slowick gets a new deal, the offensive coordinator for the Texans. Gets a new deal, give him more money, a uh, little bit, probably a better title or something like that. But basically, he was sought after by the Commanders and by the Seahawks as well. He has name was uh, in a lot of coaching searches. They understood that. He, I think he understood too that in today's world, you probably don't get the run, even though you get a five, six year contract. Mike McDonald gets a six year contract. Uh, you still realize you could be fired in two years pretty easily if you don't pr- uh, produce. So, you know, maybe take another year, try and build up with C.J. Stroud, but that for the Texans and the continuity of that offense, uh, helping that offensive line try and build that run game a little bit more that was getting better as the season went on with Singletary. If they can continue to build that and teach the offensive line how to do it, find the right running back uh, to put in that system to pair with Singletary, and then C.J. Stroud, if you can continue his growth, Nico Collins' growth, uh, when you get Tank Dell back, his growth, if you go out and get another wide receiver, uh, make that offense really spectacular. He's probably going to be gone next year or the year after, but you at least get another year of Bobby Slowick. So a really good news uh, for the Texans there. And Jerry Jones couldn't keep his nose out of the news. Jerry Jones comes back and says, there's no doubt in the future he could work with Bill Belichick. So after he gives uh, all the the praise to Mike McCarthy and the well, he's right around the rim and the 12-win the seasons and all of that, he immediately comes back and says... Yeah, but I could see myself working with Bill Belichick. Of course. Of course, anything's possible. Who knows? Maybe we'll fire Dan Quinn next season and try and bring him into D.C. Or maybe we'll fire Mike McCarthy and bring him in. And by the way, it would be the best odd couple. Like, I don't know if there's a better odd couple in sports. Like, that pairing of Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick. It feels like the actual odd couple, right? That those two guys, it's... That Jerry Jones has just got clothes on the floor and Bill Belichick is trying to you know get him to clean him up. It just feels like there would be a line at the Dallas Cowboys. They'd put tape down and they go, Jerry doesn't walk past this line. This is Bill Belichick's area. It just feel I I kind of want it for that just to watch the show. To the fact that you get coaching in, uh, coaches press game uh, post game press conferences where he'd say six words and then Jerry would say six thousand kind of wanted for that but Jerry Jones of course needling the coach right after giving him the pat on the back hey you know what Mike McCarthy we're keeping you we believe in you we think it's the best thing to keep you also we may have your next uh, coach right behind him 
We may go get this guy too. Who knows? We'll go get him. I'm sure all the defensive players would not be thrilled about that news to be bringing in Bill Belichick. But you know what? If you're going to win, you're going to win. Uh, but if you're going to make him work really hard and then still not produce, that might be the problem. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break because I want to get back to the text line. I see you guys got some more in there for me. So I want to get back to that. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back, get back to the text line. Big fat poll of the day today. Who do you want to be the head coach of Texas basketball next season? You can say RT. You can say Rodney Terry. Sure. You want him to be there. Or if you got to, I, but I want a realistic answer. Bruce Pearl was realistic. Nate Oates was realistic. Avery Johnson was not realistic. That's not a real, that one wasn't real. He's not, he couldn't recruit here. He, he he wasn't great at Alabama either. And I love AJ. I'm a big fan of the little general. I'm a Spurs fan. I love AJ. But that is not the guy. I, like, Royal Ivy's a better option. If you want to say Royal Ivy and try him out, I don't know what he could do recruiting-wise. You know, you'd have to get a lot of other help to recruit-wise. But uh, but that's okay. You can say, I think, you know, we should have given Royal Ivy a shot. I think they should have interviewed him, at least. If they didn't, I think that you should have done. But uh, let me know. On the text side, 512 512- Four four seven three seven seven six. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get those answers and start getting your text right here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing those double-digit Grammy winners like you two. And I also wanted to get Uno Dos Trace Catorce stuck in everybody's head for the rest of the day. So you're all welcome for that one to get this song stuck in your head. Just thought I'd throw that back to you. <laughs> I thought, oh, I haven't heard that song in 15 years for a reason. There you go. There you go. That's my gift to you guys. Right there to get you stuck there. Text lines open 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Talking Chris Beard. I'm sorry, talking Rodney Terry. Sorry, just saw that name on the text line. I uh, saw uh, talking Rodney Terry, talking uh, Cowboys, talking whatever you guys want to talk about in the text line. Uh, texter says, it just seems to me that the Cowboys were hurting for linebackers in the game and you've got several defensive ends that can play. Why would you not make Parsons play linebacker in that situation? Well, there's a couple reasons. One, Michael Parsons doesn't want to. Two, he's not really that good in the in the, in the the run game. So he was in a linebacker. He was much more in the pass game kind of linebacker and he wanted to rush it in the linebacker spot. So it didn't really necessarily make it a ton of sense to piss him off. And that's why I think where the criticism was, well, he doesn't want to be a linebacker, but he keeps wanting to pretend that he's a linebacker. But he really only wants to play defensive end because that pays better. 
that gets more glory. You can be in that Bosa conversation and TJ Watt conversation, and you can go get the sacks and go get the money and get the fame, and you can help your team win, but it's a lot more fun. It's like when you're playing Madden. Do you ever play as the linebacker, if not blitz, and just play run coverage as a linebacker? Is that really what you play if you're Madden? No. You, you know, it's like playing wide receiver at Madden. And you don't call for the ball. Just just keep running your routes all game and see how mad you get before playing it. So I get it. I get why you want to. But I think there is criticism that can be dealt to him uh, with still saying that he's the best defensive player on the team. I think both can be true uh, for that. But, yeah, I, I don't think they moved him back for for a plethora of reasons. Is They did not move him back. Uh, you know, but you, I, again, that goes more to the Jerry Jones. Why did you not try and go out and get a, a linebacker? I know you had DeMarvion over Sean get hurt. I know there are cap limitations. I get all those things, but when Van Der Esch went down, you should have tried a little bit harder to bring somebody in. Uh, text your first text into Jerry wants to hang around the rim of the glory. I can't say all this on the radio. Killing me guys. You're killing me. Uh, we get a thumbs up there from a texture. Appreciate that. Freak nasty ATX says uh, RT is the man. He's here to coach for Texas like Whittington plays for Texas. Uh, great show, Patrick. Appreciate that, Freak Nasty. Appreciate that. And I think he is. I think he does genuinely really love coaching at Texas. He really is a fan of it. And I know that I, a problem that some people have with him is he's not, you know, as outgoing. He's not the guy that goes out and, you know, is doing the campfire talks or doing the things where he's really showing his love for, for Texas. But it's there. It's definitely there, and so you see it, and it brings it out with the players uh, and how they find their love for the game. Uh, <laughs> someone says Bruce Pearl is also uh, shady, shady uh, as, as well. Uh, we would have to think twice before we do that. Yeah, and that there is off-the-court stuff with Bruce Pearl that when you get to Texas would come up. I think it's a little bit closer to being possible, but again, very good point. Uh, that yes, he is. There are some stuff off the court with him, and then you have to fall into. And if you come to Texas, they will get you more to. Hey, man, there's ways we have of how we do things behind the scenes, and I'm sure they'll get you set up with how that works. Uh, and you don't want to go off too far from that. Uh, Dexter says it's a result of the instant gratification millennials. I don't, I, I don't want to go off on the rant about how people are using generations to get on people. There's bad people in the world, and there's good people, and unfortunately there's a lot more bad people than good people. Uh, so you just try and be a good person. But I, I've met people of all different ages that are terrible, terrible people, and it never really meant. Uh, it was never about the generation. I met people that sit on their phone all day in their 60s, and I met people that sit all, all day on their phone in their, in their 10s, in their 20s, and, and I met people that love TikTok and want to be a TikTok star of all ages. I met people... Who, uh, who are really good people and want to work hard and want to push of all ages too. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying into it. I know you can just hate, just throw general hate in areas. I'm not that guy. Uh, so uh, just me. But I won't go too far in that rant because uh, I, we, don't have, we don't have the seven hours it's going to take for me to calm down after that. Uh, <laughs> Texture says, <laughs> maybe Bill O'Brien will be av available after he gets fired from his latest OC job. Don't, don't threaten anybody with Bill O'Brien. Don't don't threaten that. It's hilarious that he's Ohio State, that they're all pumped for him at Ohio State. That's crazy. I know they got a lot of players back and they're feeling good. They're gonna have a lot of fun watching that offense. You know, I'm not the biggest Ryan Day fan, but I'll take Ryan Day over Bill O'Brien. 
Uh, Texas says, they said Shaka was bad, but he wins at VCU and Marquette. We gave him the right time to build his team, and it didn't work out. UT is not for every coach, but if he turned to, uh, but if he turned down a job with Kelvin Sampson, shows that RT wants to be here and take on the job moving moving the pressure. Texas fans should support him and give him a chance. She's half a season in their call for his head. Yeah. Also, let's put down, Kelvin Sampson did turn down Texas. He said he re-signed with Houston, wanted to stay there. Uh, and, and look, Shaka did win in other places because, again, there are people that are not a fit because they can't recruit Texas well. And there's people that are not a fit because they don't want to go do the uh, the off-the-court the off the court stuff. of Like, I know there was one point where I saw Shaka before a game, and and he was not in a great mood because there was uh, some formal event or something, and it was like two hours before tip-off, and they were like, oh, no, you're re- you, you need to be there. And he's like, I have to get ready for a game. And you guys are, you know, you guys want to fire me because I'm not doing enough, and then also I have to go, like, be over here for a picture opportunity two hours before the game. So there is that part of it, which is hard, that you just have to learn how to deal with at Texas. And, like, Mac Brown is the best guy at it. Sark's been done really well at it. Uh, and, and that's what we'll see as Rodney Terry continues to grow in that role. But, again, growing in the role, that's what you want, is you want, you know, we watch in the NFL. What are they doing? Hiring young coaches that are continuing to grow and get better. If you look over at, at in, in the ACC right now, at Duke and UNC, that huge matchup coming up on Saturday. Both those coaches are newer head coaches. They've been around. Hubert Davis has been around, and he has struggled a bit, and now that team's number three in the country. You kind of have to roll with these guys. You can't just go, nah, I didn't see it in the first six games. I know what's up. That That's more my issue with everybody that's coming out with that. Appreciate that. Bevo, JK says, Patrick, stop making excuses for RT. Look how many teams – make turnarounds quickly. If other coaches are able to make quick turnarounds, then we should be able to do the same. The lack of improvement of this team is a major red flag. I'm not sure RT is the coach we hoped he would be. Again, we are halfway through a season. We're, we're not even halfway through Big 12 play. We haven't even played everybody. And we're saying, ah, red flags everywhere. No, the team is not. But the, the team is not because we're playing really tough teams. And the, their talent, it just isn't really there. That we don't have the right mix of players that, you know, we've talked about it. We've talked about it a few times, roster management. It just, unfortunately, a guy like IT Horton that you hoped was going to come in and do big, IT Horton is not being the player that you need him to be. He's a graduate student. He was supposed to come in and be a three-point ace. He's like getting three points a game. You were expecting nine out of him, 12, especially in the starting lineup. Then you're getting three. That's a big problem. You were expecting Dylan Mitchell's three-point shot to come along. It didn't come along this offseason. That's a problem. Brock Cunningham's having probably his worst season in two or three seasons this year. That's a problem. Dylan DeSue is still playing well. Max Aismas hasn't figured out how to play fully in the Big 12 yet. You have two undersized guards. These are all problems that you're going to have in the Big 12, and you knew some of them going in, and you're trying to find ways around them. But if we want to say we're not making excuses, this is why we say is there's not a difference. If you want to criticize RT, I'm fine with it. If you want to text in and go, hey, I don't like this particular thing, I'm fine with it. But to say... He's bad. He lost games, and we're looking at wins and minus and wins and losses. That's not that's not criticism. It's just jumping to conclusions. And if you watch college basketball over the years, this happens to most programs. We're not Kansas. We're not UNC. We're not Duke. We're not going to be that program that already has these people that grew up watching and really want to be Texas players. People grow up that are basketball players. They want to play at Kansas. They want to play at UNC because of those players. They want to play at Duke. They want to play uh, at you know at a, a lot of different schools in the Big Ten that I can't think of in the Big East. They want to play those. UConn, they want to play because those, you know, the history of those teams. Texas doesn't have that. So you have to find guys 
that you're trying to get. Texas isn't the most fertile recruiting ground for a lot of great players. You have to keep going out of the state, which is something that's harder to do. But if you don't want to look at any of that and just assume anyone can walk in that door and do better than Rick Barnes and do better than Chris Beard and do better than Shaka Smart, then I don't, I don't know what to tell you what the last 30 years is of Texas basketball, but not everyone can just walk in and make this program all of a sudden a top five perennial program. It's just not that way overnight. And I think getting a young coach who wants to be here in the long term, who isn't going to leave to take a better job, I think that's a better solution and try and work with him and grow with him than to try and go out and get a big name that would gladly walk away from Texas to go to the NBA or gladly walk away from Texas to go coach at a bigger school or a bigger basketball school. And I know the money's there, but other, uh, those other schools can match the money. Kansas can match our money in basketball. And people would rather go to Kansas because there's just more history there, and it's easy to recruit. Switzer also won a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. Was he great? Was he a great NFL coach? And uh, if Terry can't win at home, he'll be gone. That's just the way it is. Texas didn't build a nice new arena showcasing losing. I agree. He needs to win at home. We all agree he needs to win at home. But you, it's you. They're, they're, it, the line keeps being well. He's lost some games in his second year, uh, first full year. What a what a bad coach. Barry Switzer, we knew over the time. The problem with Barry Switzer, it wasn't he was bad. No one thought Barry Switzer was a bad coach when he was winning Super Bowls. They thought he was a bad coach afterwards when he could not continue the success. And you're gonna say, well, he had half a year. I, I just I don't I don't think that's a real analogy. Chris Beard again cannot do it. You're under too much of a uh uh too much of a microscope at Texas. We talked about it earlier. You're way too much of a microscope to be a a head coach again here. Uh, he was a nice guy. I liked hanging out, I like talking to him. He was a really nice guy. Uh, you know, he's got Ole Miss. They're doing okay. He can you know, he was never going to recruit you the top athlete in the draft. He was never going to do that because of his coaching style. Uh, I, I liked him. I, I didn't ever think he was going to necessarily get us to the place we needed to go. And I don't know if RT is either. Uh, but you know, I, I think that RT can grow into that position much better. Eric Musselman, Eric Musselman is another one. Uh, also we got, let's see, let's see. We got, Hey, Patrick, isn't Auburn's head coach perceived sleazy and dirty like he was busted uh, for at Tennessee? Texas stays far away from those type of guys. Yes, they do. I agree. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think he's getting a little bit further away from it at Auburn. Uh, but, yes, there is all of that. And Eric Musselman is 1-6 at Arkansas in the SEC play this year. 1-6. Just, again, to throw out a name that was one of the top coaches that Texas was looking at to, to replace Chris Beard and replace Rodney Terry at the end of the season. Eric Musselman is 1-6 at Arkansas. In play, and part of that might have been that he thought he was getting another coaching job and bailing out, and didn't care about the program, and he would have bailed on Texas too. But maybe he'll be here in a couple of years. Who knows? But he's one in six right now, so we can't talk about him like he's like he's walking on water. Texas says two more years is rough. I don't see it getting any better, so we'll see. As for Ogden, that dude is a hot head drunkard. I was in school with him, and he was a player, and would have been on Sixth Street with him. And had mutual friends, and it never failed. That dude tried to start a fight with the nobodies every damn time. That's all allegedly, and we'll say allegedly as I say this on the radio. <laughs> look, I think Chris Ogden's come a long way from then. Uh, but look, two years is not rough. Again, like again, would you said? I would say so. When when Sark went five and seven, was two years rough for that? Yeah, I mean, I'm just asking you, Dave Ram. Was five and seven Sark? Was two years rough for that? 
And again, Sark had n- not good success as a head coach. We know he'd be, you know he'd, he's had struggles. He came in. A lot of people were down. I'm just asking, was that was that not, or did he improve as a coach? And are, are is it are we not pretending that coaches can get better and learn more and get more and more uh, uh, better at what they're doing, better at talking to the refs? That's one of the things I'll criticize RT. He needs to get better uh, rapport with the referees. That'll come with time. Text says, keep RT. The majority of people want him fired. Don't even watch basketball. Let it know no basketball. Nate says, uh, I really want RT to work, but we can't take a step back like this. And again, we're not, there's not a huge step back right now. Uh, I, I know that there is. I think Texas could, you know, you need to keep playing and get better. But again, I know it was a hard loss for Houston and it was going to be big. There was two main really bad losses. Uh, West Virginia and UCF were really bad losses. Those were ones that, you know, you really have to look back on and say, man, that's two. But to say, we're going to look at two really bad losses and say this program is in no state where it needs to be, I, I, I just don't like that. Uh, Dexter says, uh, I'm an RT fan, but one guy that he should bring into the coaching staff is Brock Cunningham because we all know he'll never leave. Yeah, he'll be a graduate assistant. We know that. FYI among Buckeye fans, Bob was not a popular hire. Was We are not excited. I didn't figure we were that excited. I'm saying you were excited about the season and you hired Bob and it would immediately ruin any expectations I was excited for the season. But I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you texting in. Uh, Chad says, uh, Jerry J, uh, what a clown of a GM football ops. And <laughs> you're yelling, love the passion. Yeah, that was happens. Uh, talking basketball. I'll get, I'll get into it. And uh, maybe graduate school is tough for IT. I uh, love him. Uh, no, I, I look, I'm not talking. I don't want to talk bad about IT. I'm just telling you the facts that there, there is issues with that. That that's one of the issues is he's not hitting his threes. And that was what he was brought in to do. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, try to get to the rest of these texts. When we come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right. Last segment here on the Sports Complex before I get out of here, go home, watch watch the Spurs versus the Magic. I'm pretty sure that's what's on TV. I got a couple TVs, so maybe we'll put on another game, too. Maybe we'll put on that Baylor game and keep up with what's going on over there. Keep up with what's happening in college basketball. I know we've talked about it a lot today, but keeping up with everything in sports, it can be it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job, I tell you. I also do a lot of other stuff here at the station, so it's a full-time job in that sense, too. Uh, appreciate everybody on the text line. we got a couple more we're going to try and get to uh, before we get out of here. Uh, R-Dub says... Uh, the RT critics need to open up their eyes. I'd uh, say Desu is still shaking off rough from injury, and Brock is way out of sorts. Yeah, Desu, I think is getting back for is doing better. I think he's doing pretty close. Uh, Shedrick is definitely still dealing with injuries. Uh, the RT critics need to open up their eyes to the entire atmosphere of today's college basketball. Upsets if poll, upsets if polls are even remotely accurate are a weekly occurrence, and we never 
Uh, we're a hoop school to begin with. I agree with both those things. Upsets. We saw North Carolina lose to Georgia Tech last night. It was a big upset. That They just are happening everywhere, especially on the road. But the home games you can't lose. I'm with you. I'm with you guys. Those are problems. You can't lose those. Uh, Ogden is a grown-up man. No, yes, he is. Uh, I call these critics fair-weather fans at best. Make me ill. I'm not. Look, I, I think they're fans. I think they really want to win. I'm just trying to lead them down the right road of positivity and, and looking forward and not trying to keep changing everything because you're going to be mad next year too and then you'll be mad the next year. And we'll be well, coaches $800 million and fire another one and get another one. Uh, Tech says, the real question is who would get who would we get? Jay Wright, I take, but that's about the only home run hire. That is hiring a 62-year-old man to rebuild your program. Uh, go back. I mean, how long is he going to re- realistically coach? He's already retired once. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's a – Six, seven, eight year higher like Rodney Terry is where you hope to be. You hope to be, guys. I don't want to scare any of you guys. Hope that he is that longer higher. Uh, Texter says it's his first year. Is <laughs> his first year, guys? Jeez. Uh, WAPI parts guy says change of pace. Rewatch my All American. The movie make, still makes me proud to be a Longhorn and thankful for these men and women that represented us. Hook them. Yes, I, I can tell you I've never watched it, but uh, I do know it's a it's a good movie uh, there. So uh, like that one, WPI parts guy. They says, listening to the RT debate with the chuckle, these guys forget that you guys be, uh, beat ranked teams back-to-back two weeks ago and you whipped my Sooners in our house. Coach is good. Big 12 is tough. Yeah, again, we did, but that doesn't matter. The wins don't matter. Only the losses matter. The wins never matter. Elite eight? Nah, anyone could have done that. Like our next texter who says, uh, I still says any coach could have taken that team to the last year to the Elite eight. I know you hate that, just my opinion. I do love the show, by the way. Thank you, Dave Ram. And I, I think that opinion is insane. I think that's an insane opinion when you watch how much that team changed. And again, I was sidelining all those games. I was, that was, I was still doing stuff with the team last year. I can tell you how much that change was. And it was a brutal, huge change that came into that team uh, when Rodney Terry took over. And then as it built, and Serge Abari Rice's role in that, and then Dylan DeSue and the injury and everything for them to power through and get to that Elite Eight. And if Dylan DeSue doesn't get hurt, they probably could have gone further. They could have beaten Miami with Dylan DeSue. I can say it now because who's going to prove me wrong? But there is an injury, and you have to deal with those things. It's unfortunate. But if Dylan DeSue doesn't get hurt, who knows? He could have had a Final Four team. We could have been national champions. And you still would have said anyone could have won a national championship with Rodney Terry. Anyone could have. Those players... Those players could have done it. By the way, if you want to go check out some players, I believe there is an Austin Spurs game tonight uh, featuring Serge Abari Rice uh, versus Greg Brown, a former Texas player. Two Texas players going against each other. So if you're up north, you want to go check out that game, an Austin Spurs game tonight. Two Longhorns in the building there. Go check that out. Uh, I'm going to go calm down. I'm going to take a drink of water, calm it down, take, <laughs> take a break. I really appreciate you guys playing along in the text line. It's always a blast. Talk to you. Uh, we'll get back into it tomorrow with more. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more yelling, I'm sure, right here on the Sports Complex.